So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philemon. Now that's just before Hebrews, right after Timothy and Titus. And we'll read one verse in Philemon. Philemon, verse 24. Some interesting things are said about uh, some men that are fellow laborers with the Apostle Paul. He writes, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. I want to speak to you tonight on the final story of four fellow laborers. The final story of four fellow laborers. These men, all four of these men, at the time Paul wrote to Philemon, are involved in ministry with Paul. We assume that Paul had heard all of their testimonies, that each of them knew the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. And so now they are assistants, if you please, with the Apostle Paul in ministry, helping him along the way. He calls them fellow laborers. What a great uh, thought that is. Uh, I certainly would be one who would love to be called that and would love to have had the opportunity and privilege that these men had. They walked with Paul, they watched Paul, and they worked with Paul. And he calls them fellow laborers. But the New Testament's not completed, nor what we know about each of these men and their lives. We don't have the final story, the final chapter of their lives. So I want us to take a few moments tonight and look at each one of these men and see how life ends for them, what happens with them. Remember Paul at this particular time that he's writing to Philemon calls each of these men a fellow laborer. And so if you'll notice, the first one is Marcus. We know him to be, of course, Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. We first meet Mark in Acts chapter 12, verse 12. Mark's at a big prayer meeting. The Apostle Peter's been put in jail, and the Bible makes it clear that uh, John Mark is there at his mother's house with a number of other people from the church who are praying continually for Peter's release from prison. You know that story is really kind of a one of the Bible's funny stories. Rhoda goes to the door. It's Peter. He's been released from prison by the angels. He knocks on the door. She shuts the door in his face and goes back to try to tell everybody it's Peter. No one can believe it, even though that's what they're praying for. Well, John Mark was at that prayer meeting. He was raised in a religious home, a home where they met for fellowship and where they met for church, where they met, obviously, for prayer meeting. We don't know when exactly he was saved. Perhaps he was a convert of the Apostle Peter. If not that, he certainly was mentored by the Apostle Peter. We read in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 13 that Peter calls Mark my son and they had a close relationship together. In the next chapter, after we first meet Mark, Acts 13, he joins the Apostle Paul and Uncle Barnabas in a missionary journey. They're going to go give the gospel to the regions beyond. 
And we know that story. It's really a sad story. Uh, as they minister in some cities and provinces, uh, they get to Perga. And at Perga, the Bible tells us that Mark, John Mark, departs. It's a word that is used there in the New Testament. He departed from them. He goes back home. He leaves them in Paul's mind particularly. He's a quitter at this point in his life. We're not told exactly why he quit or why he went back home. Uh, Perhaps he left because uh, he was homesick. Um, Maybe he just cooled off and that was burning in his bosom for getting out the gospel had now died down. I've seen that happen certainly in a lot of people's lives. Um, Maybe there was some uh, incident that happened as they were going along the way. Or perhaps he thought about uh, the future. And the future didn't look real bright with Paul and Uncle Barnabas and the opposition that they'd already encountered. One writer even suggested that maybe maybe he got seasick. Well, if that was it, I might understand why he departed. But we're not sure why he departed. But Mark determined... And that's what we're going to say about Mark here, this first one that we're looking at, this first fellow laborer that Mark was... He was determined not to go down in history that way. And by Peter and Barnabas's mentorship in his life and their influence in his life, no doubt, and the grace of God and the Holy Spirit who dealt with him and tried to bring him back into the relationship that he should be involved in And we see Mark, this young man who departed. We see him being involved in ministry with Barnabas. And then we see him here in this chapter. Paul writes about him as a fellow laborer. And the highlight verse of his life, I believe, that tells us the final chapter, the final story of Mark. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, He is profitable to me for the ministry. Praise the Lord for Mark, this determined one. Mark, the determined. And then there's a second man. He's not one that is known as well as Mark in the Bible, but he occurs a number of times with the Apostle Paul, Aristarchus, the Bible says. Now we meet him again several times. I call him the devoted one. Mark's a determined one. Aristarchus, I say, is the devoted one. He's there with the Apostle Paul. As a matter of fact, in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 10, Paul says of him, he was a fellow prisoner. A fellow prisoner. He'd gone to jail for ministering, preaching the gospel for ministering as God would have for him to minister. We meet him with the Apostle Paul at Ephesus when there was such an uproar from all the silversmiths. We meet him again in chapter 20 when Paul calls him a disciple there as they minister in Macedonia. And then in Paul's final trip to Rome in Acts chapter 27, this man's on that ship with Paul that wrecks. And uh, so he was a, a comrade, but Most importantly, there in Colossians, Paul says he's a fellow prisoner. This man was so loyal to God, so loyal to the gospel, so loyal to this man of God, 
that he even went to prison for his faith along with the Apostle Paul. You know, I began to ask myself as I thought about this man, and with some things that are going on in our day, I think maybe a lot of us have begun to think about some pretty serious subjects along these very lines. I ask myself, and I ask you, what would you go to jail for? What would you be willing to spend some time in prison for? Um, something that you believe here in the Bible, Jesus Christ, the gospel. Uh, what would you be willing to go to jail for? Remember attorney David Gibbs several times back in the early 1970s when he was going around the country talking about Christian schools and so on, and he had a message that he preached, preference or conviction, and he talked about the difference in a preference and a conviction, and he said this about a conviction. A conviction is a belief that you would be willing to go to jail for. What are you willing to go to jail for? What would I be willing to go to jail for? Uh, putting a chip in my hand? Uh, closing down the churches? Uh, Jesus Christ, the Bible. What would you go to jail for? Aristarchus said, I'm willing to go to jail for preaching the gospel. He was not only a fellow laborer, he was a fellow prisoner. And then the third name, the name Demas. Mark, he's the determined. Aristarchus, the devoted. And we know what Demas is, sadly. Demas is the deserter. The deserter. One of the saddest lines the Apostle Paul ever wrote, he wrote about Demas. Now this is the same man that right here, he calls a fellow laborer. In the book of Colossians, when he mentions Demas, nothing's mentioned about him. Perhaps the downward spiral had already started. But in 2 Timothy 4, when Paul is about to die, about to leave this world, he said, Demas hath forsaken me. Oh, how sad. And Demas deserts. We know what he did. He deserted him. He forsook him. And we know why he did it. Having loved this present world. How about you? How about me? What kind of love do we have for this present world? I don't know what it was that got Demas. It was the gold, the glitter, the maybe the girls. I don't know what it was, but he began to be friendly with the world and then spotted by the world. And then he began to be conformed to the world and he loved this old world. And he left. He forsook. He left Paul in a lurch is a literal meaning there. When Paul needed someone, Demas left him. And oh, how we see so many in our day who seem to be so enamored by the world. But I remind you, in this world of change, in this world when things are not like they used to be as it seems, so many are like Demas and have already taken that first step of friendship with the world. I uh, I like what Vance Havner said, and I think it's so applicable to today. And I think about Demas and forsaking the Apostle Paul. Vance Havner, this has been 
several decades ago now, he, but he made this statement. Some preachers are forsaking Paul today, forsaking what he stood for and the standard he raised. They tell us that Jesus came simply to teach a gospel of love. But Paul built a complicated system of doctrine, including ecclesiology, ethics, and eschatology that are out of date in today's pulpit. His views on the inspiration of Scripture, sin, blood atonement, salvation, separation from the world, Christian conduct, and the future do not fit the image of the modern clergymen who wear mod attire, use Madison Avenue techniques, hobnob with Sodom and Gomorrah, chatter gaily in the new language of the day, and are more like happiness boys on television than holy men of God. Well said, Dr. Havner. Demas, the deserter. And then the final name is Luke. Luke. Luke the doctor. The doctor. Uh, you know, doctor is both a noun and a verb. It is what his profession was. He'd been trained in the field of medicine. He was a very smart man, no doubt. But it also is a verb. He doctored. He helped Paul with all of his needs, whatever they may have been. He helped him with his physical needs, with his emotional, spiritual needs. And Luke was there. Uh, Herbert Lockyer says, interestingly, there's probably less known about Luke than any other New Testament author. Not much is said about him, but, oh, he was one of those holy men of God that was entrusted with inspiration of Scripture and wrote two great books of the New Testament. He was given the privilege of writing the book of Acts. It's called, in most Bibles, Acts of the Apostles, but we believe it to be better, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And he tells for us in the book of Acts the birth of the New Testament church. Uh, We see uh, the conversion of the Apostle Paul. We see a biography, as it were, of the Apostle Paul from there on out as Luke writes these wonderful words. This same man, Paul said, when he got down to those last few verses, last few lines of his letter to Timothy, he's just about to die. And he said, only Luke is with me. This man stayed with him. He wrote not only the book of Acts and a sort of a biography of Paul, a biography of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament church, but he wrote the Gospel of Luke. Aren't you glad we have the book of Luke? It tells us the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. His genealogy, he traced all the way back to Adam. And so many wonderful stories. I love Luke 15, one of my favorite chapters in all the Word of God. Whether you think it's several parables or one parable, there's lost, found, and rejoicing. Talking about a precious soul as we go after a sheep, look for silver, or a son that comes home to a heavenly father. And then Luke 19, story of Zacchaeus, conversion of Zacchaeus. At the end of uh, 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 that story, verse 9, the theme of the book, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that 
which was lost. Oh, that's why Jesus came. And Luke wrote all about that. And Paul said, he's a fellow laborer. He ministered to God's servant. He was there as his doctor, and he also doctored him. He was a blessing. He was a help. He was loyal to the very end. Which one of these are you most like? Perhaps more than one, but maybe you failed in service. Maybe you wanted to give up. Maybe you wanted to quit. Maybe you did quit. Oh, be determined and by the grace of God, like Mark, you're not going to let that be the final story. The final story is going to be that you're profitable for the ministry, for the work of God. And then Aristarchus, who was so devoted, what would it take to stop you? Some folks are stopped easily about going to church. I don't believe they're the going to jail type. If you can't make it three times a week to church, I got a feeling you're not going to be one of those going to stand up and be put in jail. Will you be devoted to the Lord and to the Word of God? And then Demas. Have you made friends with the world? What do you love the most? you love the Lord more than this world? Do you love the church? Do you love the Word of God? You see, whatever you love, you're going to live for what you love. And Demas began to love this present world. Oh, please understand and please know from this old preacher, the devil lies about the world. He's not telling you the truth. And no, it's certainly not all it's cracked up to be. And Demas, the deserter, that's the final chapter on his life. And then Luke. Like Luke, won't you have a ministry to God's servant? Won't you spend your life doctoring and blessing and helping? Maybe a missionary, maybe a missionary family. Maybe an evangelist, maybe a Christian school teacher, maybe a pastor or an associate. And try to make it where their life is easier in doing what God has called them to do. Certainly we can pray. Certainly we can help in that way. But let's put our shoulder to the wheel and be what God would have for us to be. So we see the final story, the final story of four fellow laborers. But is it the final story? Well, it's the final story up till death. But you and I know that there's something beyond death. For Mark, Aristarchus, Luke... I believe there was rewards and crowns to be placed at Jesus' feet. And for Demas, hmm, if he was saved, then his works will be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble, gone. Nothing to lay at Jesus' feet, so as saved as by fire. And then, 
There's even a possibility, of course, that he was never saved. I don't know. That's between him and God. God makes those decisions. God knows. But think about it. If he was not saved, and he just simply back to, went back to his old lifestyle, to his old life, for 2,000 years now, he's been separated from God in a place called hell. How sad. What's the end of your story going to be? We're writing the chapters now. Be like Mark and determined that you're going to finish well. Aristarchus said you're going to stand up for God and the truth. And like Luke, to be a great help to the servant of God. And stand with the gospel. And not like Demas, who loved this world and forsook Paul, the church, the Word of God. Father, thank you for the program. I pray you'd use it to speak to hearts. May your will be done. Use it, I pray. Bless this church. Bless Brother Christian during these days. Meet his every need and others who labor here in this ministry. I pray in Jesus' name and amen.